Well, hello, Jess. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Good. And how are you? I'm all right. <laughs> good, good. Good to be back with you again today via the airwaves. We get to meet and video each other, but yes, gathering to talk that. about uh, another important topic and mm -hmm. to try a snack. Yay. And so both this, well, we're going on a bit of a tangent these days with the snacks because we are trying out snacks that are very unusual flavor combinations. Mm -hmm. And so there's a couple lists online that you can find that people admit to liking something that is really weird. <laughs> and so we looked through a couple of those lists and we picked a, a handful that we were curious enough to try. Very and so curious. something that came up on some of these lists was the combination of banana and pesto. Yeah, that's, that's weird, as that, weird and delicious it sounds like it'll be. Um, I'm so curious. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's, it, on its surface, when you just read it, it sounds bad. Um, but I'm hopeful that it's going to be good. It sounds, it doesn't sound bad. It just sounds like two things like you would never think of putting together. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the idea of like fruit and garlic to me is, what <laughs> is kind of weirding me out. But I can smell it right now, and it doesn't smell terrible. It smells so, so good. So you want to give it a shot, Jess? I'm going to get yeah. a scoop of this pesto and dollop it on top of my oh banana. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. you got to show me your banana so that we are uh, doing I have a equal. tiny piece. Of <laughs> I've got a tiny piece here. But no, you got to put more pesto than that. Okay, hold on. Scoop it out and plop it on top. Uh, let me do this. Okay. Even my fingers are pesto now. <laughs> <laughs> Looking good. You ready? Yeah. All right, bon appetit. No, it's not. Because it doesn't blend well. It's amazing, you know but it's not quite. I really like that. I don't. Um, not because it tastes bad, but it's just... No, I can no? see how they were aspiring to do something great. Mm -mm. No, it's not for me. For me <laughs> you got another good. scoop there? <laughs> I'm going to try again. You know, I couldn't okay. really taste much banana, but what it did do is uh, just make the pesto seem a bit like creamier and give it a different texture. Ah, I couldn't okay. really taste any banana. I think that's because, probably like you said, like the garlic flavor. is too strong. So for me anyway, but you seem to like it. I love it. You're okay? Yeah, <laughs> You're man. You're not mad? <laughs> I'm, I'm the opposite of mad. I'm glad. Okay, okay. I'm like... <laughs> I'm a bit... Because pesto is sacred, so why did I just okay. <laughs> waste that little bit? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, wow, we, we're like on the it. opposite sides of this one. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to be honest. I like that. Okay. I would eat that you, again. Then. It's not. It's not like... A new flavor like it didn't it didn't kind of combine you know when you can you have like fruit and cheese and you put them together and they kind of there you go a new yeah flavor in your mouth. That, that's my like that. problem with it it's nothing new like it's, it's nothing just new, for sure yeah but it just yeah. makes the pesto taste creamier to me and, okay. uh, that's good okay what's wrong with you jess that was delicious <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> uh well i'm glad to have done that with you that was mm -hmm. our first time, both of ours. So, thank you for doing You know what? It's adventure. still in my mouth. And, oh, uh, anyways, just keep talking. I'll... <laughs> it's 
I'll forget it eventually. <laughs> Come back to us. Okay, so what we're talking about today is how the church can help people who have left the faith, have stopped being Christians. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily, this isn't necessarily directed at the church as a group of people. I want to direct our attention more at how can I, as a Christian, yeah. help people who have stopped following Jesus, have mm-hmm. you know, admitted, either do admit or maybe still claim to be Christian, but their lifestyle really doesn't back up that claim at all. But how do we pe- help people in those positions who te- have just basically left the faith? Yeah, yeah. And one thing that jumps to me right away is the fact that this is not a hypothetical question for mm. pretty much anyone who's been a Christian for more than a, a year a or two. A little while. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Statistically speaking, it's, I mean, the numbers are really pronounced. Like something about 70% of some of people who at one stage make a declaration of faith as a Christian will later in life leave. 70%. Mm-hmm. That's, that's scary. Wow. Yeah. And then if you, if you just grow up as a Christian, like you become a Christian as a kid, mm-hmm. and you grow up as a teenager into young adulthood and then into just adulthood, mm-hmm. you'll see big groups of oh, people yeah. leave over time. I mean, something like 50, 56% of people who are kids who grew up in the church will leave by the time they're 18. Mm. Uh, you know, stuff like that. And then, you know, the, going into university, young adulthood, more more people will leave the faith. And so this is not a hypothetical question for everyone. This is a big, real question. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of time, these are our brothers and sisters. These are mm-hmm. our kids. And uh, these are people who we deeply care about. Exactly. Walk yeah. away. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what can we do about it? How can we help them? That's a good question, for sure. Yeah. And I guess it's good to start with a question of why do you think people leave in the first place? I think um, if I look back on like my childhood and um, just like some things happening around there and like coming into young adulthood, what people have told me, and I kind of agree, is that like um, legalism is a big thing. So mm-hmm. legalism is when you go to church for the sake of holding up an appearance and like to appear good and to appear holy, you have to keep all these rules. And like there's all, a lot of pressure put on to you. Um, and human beings eventually crack under pressure, like under pressure that's unhealthy. And so people are like, well, why am I striving so hard to be accepted? And then sometimes there's also a lot of hypocrisy. Um, so why am I struggling to, so hard to be accepted by people who don't care about me at the end of the day? Um, from, yeah, from what I've experienced and seen, like that's a huge reason um, why people leave the church. But I think um, also like people's conception of maybe not the church, but like who God himself is. And like, uh, this is me going like on a really deep tangent, but if you grow up seeing God as like this mean God who upholds legalism and doesn't want you to have fun and doesn't want you to have this job or this boyfriend or this or that, like eventually you're going to be like, well, screw this. Like I want to live my life. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think people's perception of who God is, like that can be a root issue um, of why some people would just be like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I guess what I hear you saying is that if, if faith either seems very irrelevant 
or seems very hypo- hypocritical. Yeah, sadly. Or seems very joyless. Mm-hmm. Then, mm-hmm. then that's you know people are out the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty quickly I mean, at times. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. I think a lot of times it does fall into one of those categories. Mm-hmm. When I think back on the real people that I know that have left the faith. Yeah. I think I should do this more, but I do try to, when I've noticed someone is just, you know, not into it anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, they're just Mm -hmm. not following. I do try to talk with that person and say, you know, what happened? Mm -hmm. And when they've been honest, because I've had a lot of not honest conversations (laughs) where people will say like, no, no, it's just a season, you know, I'm just busy right now. I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. But then you know that they don't come back. Mm. Um, but when it's when people have been honest, uh, they typically will say something along those lines, like they were hurt by somebody, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or they found there's just like a fakeness or a falseness to the church yeah. that they'd found, uh, or just they didn't find it very relevant. They found it boring and pointless, mm-hmm. or you know they just disagree. They don't believe that God exists anymore. You know they mm-hmm. have serious doubts that they can't deny. Yeah. And yeah. so they walk away. And when uh, you think of those arguments, um, mm-hmm. do you think they're valid? I mean, I'm pretty sure that you believe in the existence of God, but like those other arguments, like, um, yeah, what are what are your thoughts on that? When it's an intellectual doubt, I think there is... Yeah, it's... It's undeniable to say that there's good arguments out there that are very difficult right. to refute uh, right. about the non-existence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you need to sort of shy away from saying that. Like mm-hmm. the idea of like pain and suffering uh, in the world and in people's lives individually. Even the Bible brings out how, like the, I, I guess the how difficult it is to reconcile. God being um, omnipotent and loving with a yeah. world that's so full of pain and suffering. Yeah. Uh, and so, yes, that's a real issue. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think on the surface of it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of agreement within the Christian church on some, on some issues in regards to science. Okay. And so (laughs) the lack of continuity in the Christian church leads people to think that uh, there's no way of being, you know, uh, holding on to quote unquote good science as well as uh, a belief in the Bible. Okay. Um, That's, that's often, I can definitely see the reasons for that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And also the idea of like the, the, the exclusive claims of Christianity to say Christianity uh, is yeah, the only way. Mm-hmm. Um, when people kind of start seeing around them that there are people from all kinds of different faiths, mm-hmm. uh, you know, many of whom seem to be very genuine in their convictions, uh, and but we would say that they're not uh, they're not on the on a, the path that is leading them to, uh, towards God. There's only right. one path that leads you towards God, and that's through Christ. I think some people, and it's again, like I understand the, I understand the difficulty of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's not just a really difficult. Hard. Oh, go ahead. 
No, sorry. I was I think it's not only that it's uh, difficult to accept that, but that's really where things get irrelevant. If we look at like what our generation values, like we value diversity, uh, we value inclusion. That's like a huge thing. And like, how mm-hmm. can you say that, you know, Christianity is the only path that leads to God? Like that's it's difficult to to kind of stand out in your generation and be that like handful of people who believe that in like mm-hmm. non-inclusion in, in a certain sense, like quote unquote. So yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that difficulty. Mm-hmm. So I think those are just some of them. Um, and some of them I've heard for sure. Mm-hmm. In any, if every, in every case that I've mentioned, there are good, there are good arguments to support the biblical claim, uh, in, in light of these issues, there's good okay. arguments that support the uh, exclusive exclusivity of Christianity. Mm-hmm. There's good arguments to support uh, the idea of like the, I guess the, the coming together or the, to, to uphold science as well as the biblical worldview. There's good arguments to say why it is that there's a world in which that can contain suffering like it does and yet still hold on to the belief that God is good and God is yeah. in control. Yeah. And so when it comes to uh, sometimes the cases about sort of helping people to see those arguments, I think sometimes it's also a case though of helping people to see that the answer itself isn't often enough. Ah, uh, that's it, interesting. Yeah. Because I think when you're saying like something isn't enough, you're you're kind of getting at possibly the root of an issue. And um, mm-hmm. as long as we'd love to sit here and chat about arguments, I think yeah, yeah, like if you could tell us more about the root of the issue. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would say that it, there's an emotional difficulty that people have with this. Mm-hmm. And so if you offer a logical, rational answer to an emotional problem, it's not ever going to really touch the heart. True. Right? Yeah. It touches the head, and so it's you know people are angry or people are sad or people are uh humiliated or something like that yeah and and then they they latch onto these reasons to to kind of express those things uh and and so without dealing with those that anger or that fear or whatever it is that's at the root of it you're never really going to get over those things uh, Mm -hmm. very well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah i think uh, circling back, one of the big issues uh, can be with people uh, feeling very let down by yeah. the church and by the okay. Christian faith. Okay. That's a big thing. Mm. And I, I mean, have you ever been hurt by the church, hurt by people, Christians? <laughs> have I? I mean, I've been, when you say the church, like I think of like this big corporate, like I don't know what, but I mean, there's definitely people. Um, that have let me down, um, people that I wanted them to be there for me in a certain way, but they weren't. Um, yeah, yeah, well, uh, there's, hmm, how do I say this? Like, I think, yeah, like in any relationship, but I think particularly when you expect people to be there for you, um, almost like, almost to be like godlike towards you, which we are called to be godlike, but like, you know, people have, have their limits. We're not little gods here. But then when you project that onto people and they end up disappointing you because they're humans, um, it has led to me feeling hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I want to get super nuanced on the issue here, like I think, um, once again, like in some of the places that I grew up, like going to church, there was, um, 
there was a lot of hurt in terms of like when people didn't fit into like a certain box, you know, um, you, you always, people didn't outright say so, but the way they treated you, you always felt like you were an outsider. So I've been hurt by that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry that that happened to you. Mm. Thanks. It is, it's an all too common story. Right. Right. Like, let's just face it. A lot of the times when somebody walks away from being a Christian, at least part of the problem is disappointment or outright hurt Mm. because of Mm -hmm. the church. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's that's kind of where a lot of damage... We need to start in terms of undoing damage a lot of the time. Yeah. Because it's Mm. hard to see Jesus through the mess. Oh, yeah, Um, for sure. And it's hard to separate the idea of what it means to be following Jesus from uh, being part of a a group of broken individuals who Mm -hmm. hurt Mm -hmm. each other. I actually, um, I know someone um, who she she was um, connecting with someone and like, uh, they had just said this comment. There was someone who had never known, I mean, this is an extreme example, but someone who had never known anything about Christianity and got to know this family of Christians. And after a year of getting to know them, he actually said, you know what? I don't want anything to do with Christianity because this family, like they're, they're just so mean to each other. Um, and of course today, like we're talking about like when someone does come from the church, but for, for someone who, that this is their introduction to Christianity. And like, like you said, you could have some logical, like factual explanation. No, this is Jesus's character. This is what the Bible says. But sometimes those arguments aren't enough um, when when someone has witnessed or experienced so much hurt. So yeah, yeah. So I'm, I feel like I'm, this is so much of a harder t- uh, topic <laughs> that we weren't both like going into this. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a big topic. I think it's hard because it's very broad and it's mm. very. It's going to be difficult for us not to to paint a too broad a brush with it. That's true, uh, yeah. Because at the end of the day, what we want to offer today is how do we help people who have left mm-hmm. the church mm-hmm. uh, essentially mm-hmm. come back, uh, come back to the faith. Yeah. And it's going to be really hard to know what to say or how to approach it until you first really, really listen. That's true. I think you need to start there. I think mm-hmm. it starts with being proactive for sure. And mm-hmm. there's a lack of... Uh, I guess, emphasis or a lack of engagement uh, from the people who are still within the church to seek after those who have left, Mm -hmm. uh, to try to ask them what's going on, what happened, and and try to help them come back for a variety of reasons. I think sometimes when people leave, you can get that kind of defensive about it and be like, you know, you're kind of a little bit like, well, you know, they're lost about it. or you, you're hurt yourself because they left you and they've let you down. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Or you could just get so busy with other stuff going on in life that the community gets shallow. Okay. Someone leaves, but you don't really pay much attention to it, you know. Oh, uh, and you can just kind of fall into that more worldly mindset of thinking like, oh, well, you know, they're on their own path and, you know, it's okay They're if they come, it's not okay if they come. That, mm-hmm. All that stuff's kind of really against the Bible, though, it's, it certainly it, it is the church's responsibility to to chase after those who have left, uh, mm. chase after in a loving way, not in like an angry way. <laughs> yeah, and it is a matter of great seriousness. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. and so James chapter five 
verse 19 and 20 is the, the verse we're going to look at today. And it says this, My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and somebody brings them back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Mm. So here, right at the end of the book of James, we have a clear call okay. for those who are Christian when they've noticed that someone's left the faith. In this case, the, the terminology is wandered, wandered okay. away, wandered away from the truth. Go after them. Yeah. Because by doing so, if, if you're able to bring them back, you've saved their life. Yeah. And you've covered over a multitude of sin. You used the word um, proactive before, and I'm like, hmm, what does that actually mean? But like from what you're saying, it sounds like being proactive in this uh, situation, in this context means like going after someone because you care about them, because you want to save them from death. Yeah. So it starts with the right kind of heart attitude towards them, right? Like I think at at, at the core of it, you need to, in order to be effective at this at all, you need to have the right heart towards people. Yeah. Uh, and to see them as still an object of God's love yeah. uh, and to echo God's heartbeat for them it needs to begin with that. Before you talk about uh, the strategy, I suppose, uh, I, that's kind of a clinical term. I don't really like that word, but, okay. but let's okay. use it for now. Like Before you talk about strategy, you need to just start with like, do, you, do we love these people enough to go after them? Mm. Uh, and if not, let's you know, let's start there because we do need to love them. What Mm. I'm constantly amazed at in scripture is how God never gives up on Israel. That's true. I mean, just think of the whole uh, long history of the Old Testament. Israel is (laughs) constantly messing up, constantly wandering away that God is bringing them back through all kinds of different means again and Mm -hmm. again and again. He just can't seem to stop loving them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think we need to echo God's heartbeat, heartbeat in that, to love with a proactive, loyal kind of love, people yeah. who people who wander away. Because I think um, if if they left because they're hurt, because they're ashamed, um, because they feel a sense of brokenness, I'm guessing. I mean, I don't know if you would agree, but I'm guessing that there can be a lot of healing um, that can come from such an expression of love. Yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. So it begins with that right heart attitude, I would say. Like, do we love them enough to go after them? That's, yeah. a, that's what we need to start with. Like, okay, if I don't love them enough to go after them, God, please change my heart because I yeah. see where my heart is not in line with your heart right now. And so I think praying to get over any kind of residual sense of pride or indifference mm-hmm. uh, towards them, like to instead have our hearts woken up to the very serious reality that our brothers and sisters are in to grieve over the situation Mm -hmm. they're in to really feel heartbroken over it because it is a heartbreaking thing like a member of our family is gone like that's heartbreaking we need Mm -hmm. to feel heartbroken over it we need to feel heartbroken for them knowing that if the bible's right then they're in they're in a they're in a dangerous place a really dangerous place that's a defeat i think um Sorry, I keep cutting you off, but like I think right. uh, a big thing that can happen um, usually is that, you know, we see someone um, kind of 
not be engaged with faith and not be engaged with Christ. And our, for, my first sense seems to be like, well, there's something wrong with that person. But yes. kind of what you're saying is like, well, no, Jess, you kind of need to look at yourself. Like you need to be grieved and you need to pray about your pride that's keeping you from pursuing that person. So I'm a bit surprised by that. It's not, it's not my first instinct when, I, when I'm in this situation. Oh, mine neither. And I think that that's an indication that we're not, uh, we're not fully there yet in terms of mm-hmm. having the heart of Jesus within us. Because uh, I want it to be mine. I want to to be grieved before I'm casting any kind of judgment upon them or anything like that. Yeah, uh, and that's to be, important. And to be willing to reach out and say what's going on. And that's a good place to start. That's, the, I guess, the next place to start would be mm-hmm. to say, yeah, have you ever like left a company or left a job and you've had an, an exit interview? Oh, no. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It has yeah. happened. <laughs> Yeah, I've conducted them before. Uh, okay. And I, I don't think I've ever been part of one, so to speak. Uh, but they're really interesting because, okay. you know, as you're out the door, they'll, you know, your supervisor or whatever, they'll sit down with you and say, okay, so, you know, how was your time here? Why are you leaving? Okay. They'll ask these kinds of questions. Um, it sounds super awkward, like super <laughs> <laughs> worse than banana and pesto awkward. <laughs> I guess it depends how you're leaving, right? Like if if you have yeah. it, if you had a bad experience, then yes, it can be really awkward. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I've I've done it before for people in okay. the church. Like okay. sat down with those who have left the church and said, like, can I just ask you what happened? Okay. Surprisingly, those conversations do go well for mm. the most part that I've had mm-hmm. them. If you go in there with the right attitude of like saying, I just want to listen, I right. just want to listen right. to you. Uh, and you do, you just listen, you mm. listen to what they say, uh, you listen to, you know, in the past people have expressed their doubts to me, okay. people have expressed their anger and their frustration over the way things happened. So people have just expressed a sense of like, they were just tired of faking it. They felt mm. it was disingenuous and they were done with the charade, right, right. whatever it is to like, just genuinely listen yeah, I think it's yeah. a great a great place to start. Yeah, can you um, now that you're talking about um, listening, can you give a shout out to Jim? Yes, Jim. <laughs> hey, uh, Jim is a, a mutual friend of ours who's a leader at the the church that we both go to. Uh, he he gave a great advice once where he said, uh, when you're listening to someone and you feel like you understand what they've said, like you understand where they're coming from, mm-hmm. keep listening. He mm-hmm. said, listen for twice as long as what you think you need to listen for because yes. it's often the case that when we think we get it, we don't yet get it. Mm-hmm. And so listen for, he said, twice as long as you think you need to. I thought that was really good advice. What do right. you think, Jess? I think, um, I think it's... It's very hard to do that because um, sometimes like as you're trying to listen, you have this like metaphorical noise, like all these things going on in your head. Like the person's like, oh, like I'm disappointed. And in your mind, you're like, yeah, but it's because blah, 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 blah. It's like listening with that humility. And yeah, I think it will take twice as long to get there. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think you're right. I think there's a lot to overcome when it comes to listening, because quite often we're forming our objections. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that's something we need to get over mm-hmm. and say, mm-hmm. if, if I'm already forming my objection before they've even finished their sentence, 
like okay that's a bad sign i need to yeah. i need to let go of that and actually listen some more yeah so mm-hmm. i'm grateful for that lesson from jim we begin by loving and being proactive with our love by honestly just listening to the bible and james 5 is not the only place that tells us to do that interestingly okay. enough matthew 18 speaks to this as well when he talks about uh sort of there being sin between people first thing you do is you go to the person and you confront them and say hey you know you've sinned against me if they listen to you then great if they don't listen to you then bring someone else to with you like two or three people talk to them about the issue Mm -hmm. if they still refuse to listen then you know you kind of you step it up and you let the church know hey this person is living in sin essentially and they are not listening to the leadership of the church uh so you know like and they, so that then it becomes the church's responsibility to essentially plead with this person, like, please, mm-hmm. like, you're not, you're not on the right path, you're not going the right way. Mm-hmm. And then if they leave, if they still refuse to listen to the whole church, uh, then it has this very interesting line. This is Jesus speaking. He says, "Then treat them as you would a tax collector or sinner." Okay. And so, on the surface of it, it sounds like he's saying, "Ignore them, have nothing to do with them." But Jess, how does Jesus treat tax collectors and sinners? Listen, he goes to their house, he hangs out with them, he yeah. forgives their sins, <laughs> like yeah. totally, totally hanging out with them all the time, and yeah, yeah, yeah. He he goes to them. Hmm. I think what the meaning of that is, you you should not consider that they are part of your fellowship. Like they're not, okay. they're not. It's not okay that they're doing what they're doing, and and it's serious enough that you have to tell them like, look, I don't think you are truly a Christian. Like, mm. I don't think you truly are. But then they become the focus of the missionary work of the church. Yeah, yeah. It becomes part of the church's responsibility to kind of reach out to these people and to show them the love of God, uh, to to offer them the hope of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not glamorous or easy at all when it comes to those who have left the faith because quite often they feel like they already know the gospel. Yeah, um, yeah. They feel like they've tried this already and it didn't work the first time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of baggage that they're carrying. And so, man, the process of reaching out to someone in that position has a lot of difficulty and obstacles to it. And so mm-hmm. I understand how difficult it, it, it feels. It feels very daunting and if you feel very... You feel very, uh, uh, I guess, powerless. Feel equipped. What's okay. that? Powerless. I was guessing. Powerless is a good yeah. word too. Yeah, you yeah. feel very powerless or ill-equipped to be able to do anything about it. Mm. Like I've definitely felt that before, where yeah. people have yeah. told me, "Look, I left because of these reasons," and I'm at the end saying, "Like, yeah, that sounds really hard. Like, I'm, I'm really sorry that that happened. I'm really sorry that you're in this position you're in." And then. You kind of want to say something more and you realize like I don't know what to say. Yeah. Like I do know what I wanna say, but I fear that it's not gonna it's come gonna come across as sort of like overly vague or as like sort of just like a pat on the head, Mm -hmm. kind of there, Mm -hmm. there. I've definitely felt that before and struggled Mm -hmm. to know what to say that would be meaningful or impactful to them as well. Uh, I don't have a good answer for what to do in those situations uh, <laughs> rather than just saying, hey, you're going to encounter that and to power through it, to right. continue to reach out to them, 
to continue to have faith that you're not alone in that process and that God is with you in it. Like you're mm-hmm. doing what God has asked you to do, which is to seek out after those who are lost, including those who have just walked away from the faith. They are also lost. Um, and so we need to do this not glamorous, difficult work. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard, but it's it's what Christ calls us to do. Yeah, yeah. So... Once we've listened, once we've reached out proactively, we've listened. I think the last thing we can do is is actually challenge people on okay. some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go through the talk today and kind of present it as if if somebody walks away from the faith, it's it's never their fault or it's never because of some sin in their heart. No. Okay, like, yes, you're right. There is that side too. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything, you can't paint too broad a brush in this. Sometimes people leave the church because they just want to do something different with their lives. Like they mm-hmm. want to chase after this or that, or you know, money or uh, relationships, or they want to like they want to get out from under the biblical mandate for their life because they don't want to do that. It's they're just contrary to how they feel they want to live. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think in that case, the person kind of looks at their options and makes an informed decision and they're like, well, peace out. <laughs> so Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I've definitely met people in that, that camp too, who mm. I, I kind of do this, what I said earlier, like this kind of exit interview with them and okay. they'll kind of point to this or that. But the more you kind of press them on the issue, you more, the more you see like, yeah, I was just tired of of mm. trying to say no to these different things. Mm-hmm. I was tired of, you know, seeing everyone else around me live a certain way and not not living that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so in those cases, you know, and even in the cases where someone feels hurt, uh, to listen and to listen with compassion, I think in every case you begin with listening, you listen with compassion, you maintain that compassion, but there's, there is a time for challenging questions, asking mm-hmm. someone you know, to let go of their bitterness, um, to, to help them to see the difference between Jesus as their savior and the church as an earthly representation that's, that's broken, uh, of, of, you know, what, what Jesus ministry is mm-hmm. because the church is bound to fail. Um, right. and yet Christ still has faith in it enough to continue to work through us. Mm. Uh, but you know, people need to see, like I did, certainly I've, I've been through this myself, but I needed to see that Jesus and holding on to him, uh, is paramount. It's the most important thing, even That's when true. the church isn't what you want it to be, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. to continue to be faithful to him in the midst of a broken church is mm-hmm. paramount too. When leaders mm-hmm. let you down, when the community lets you down. Uh, and so to challenge people on issues like this, as well as trying your best to love them and to listen to them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a, so. I that's guess a, it it kind of comes down to challenging them. Um, I mean, depending on the situation, but challenging them to over time, like look past that and kind of be like, well, who is Christ in this situation, and like, how do mm-hmm. you see him through the mess, and how do you hold on to him? Like challenging the person to do that. Yeah, and in the case of intellectual doubts, to like to honestly, like to be honest always with your answers. If it's an I don't know, you say I don't know, but I I want to find an answer to that too. And then mm. so if you if someone says, well, what do I do with the idea of suffering? 
that you really don't know what to say, say, look, I don't know, but I want to meet up with you again. In the meantime, exactly. I'm going to look into this. I'm yeah. going to try to help come to an answer with this, to, uh, you know, over this with you. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you help them. And you go and research and you try to find an adequate answer. And then you try to show them the resources and show them what you think is is a good, valid answer for these things. Mm-hmm. It uh, sounds like regardless of the space that they're in, um, it sounds like regardless, we have to remember to be relational. We have to remember to walk with them, um, to mm-hmm. be compassionate, to listen, and to challenge, but challenge in the context of a relationship. Like when you have took the time to listen to them and challenge them essentially to go back to the one who loves them unconditionally. So that's uh, that's kind yeah. of what I'm hearing. <laughs> no matter that's- what, like you want to be relational. I think amazingly, you'll find you benefit greatly from that process too. Oh, yeah. I think just the action of learning how to listen, learning how to deal with difficult questions, learning how to be persistent in relationships despite obstacles, Mm -hmm. that's going to that's going to bring benefit and beauty into your life and change your character too. So there's great reasons to go after doing this. God blesses this. And I guess to wrap it up, at the end of the day, you might do everything right and you never see any real fruit mm-hmm. come out of this. That's and you know, the door closes in one way or another and you can't be part of their life anymore. I think in those cases, what you want to be able to say at the end of the day is, did my actions demonstrate to them the heart of a God who loves them and continues to pursue them? Mm-hmm. I think if, yeah. if you say, like, if you could say, my actions towards them told them as the story of the gospel of the of the God who loves them and comes after them, mm. and that's all you can hope to achieve. Mm-hmm. To consistently be Christ-like towards them, yeah. mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, mm. and it is very relational, like you said, Jess. So I guess to wrap up the podcast today, um, for myself and I know for you, Jess, this is not a hypothetical question. Oh no. We, we know people. Yeah. People we love who have who have walked away from the faith. And so I mean this is something I feel challenged by uh, and want to do better in. Mm-hmm. I know you feel the same. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and we we're with you, you know, yeah. listener. <laughs> yeah. Person who's out there, like I'm sure you know, you're in the well, same boat as we are. Mm-hmm. And we you know it's a struggle for all of us to know what to do. Uh, we're praying for you. We're praying for the future of this church, of our church, um, mm-hmm. around the world. Uh, and but we're committed to doing this God's way as well. That's true. Amen to that. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks everyone for listening today. As always, if you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. If you have ideas for topics for us to cover, we'd love yes. to hear that too. <laughs> Thanks for listening to me ramble today, Jess. It's been fun. (laughs) Thanks for chatting. (laughs) All right. Bye for now. Take care, guys.